Hi, and welcome to the podcast channel on podcastmybusiness.com.au. And today we have Lyndon Toll from apricityfinance.com. Hi there, Lyndon. G'day, Tony. How are you? I am, yeah, I think as we discussed, oh, I think somebody wants to kick me out. 10 minutes, 10 minutes, sorry. Sorry, there we go. And that's the sort of, I'm going to leave this in, that's the sort of day that I'm having at the moment. I booked the room and I booked a room, but apparently I booked it too late to get it for the time that I wanted. And now there's heaps of people around in the office, whereas the last few weeks there's been nobody around. Um, what can I say? No All right. So do you want to reschedule or? No, 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 no. We'll keep going. Okay. No, 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 no. We will keep going. Like I said, I'm going to leave this in. So what I'm curious about is invoice financing. And in business, of course, you send out an invoice. And um, I'm lucky my invoices get paid before I do the work. But that's not always possible. No, exactly. And, and hence, we have a business, Tony. Uh, mm. Generally... Uh, people like to pay with extended terms and uh, particularly larger companies here in Australia and globally uh, who have far greater strength than you as the supplier uh, like to push your terms out to say 30, 45, 60, in some instances 90 days, uh, which doesn't really work on your cash flow because invariably you might be paying staff or you've got to pay for goods to go into what you might be delivering yourself. So, Invoice finance just provides uh, upfront payments to you for your invoices. So effectively, you're using the assets on your balance sheet, which are your invoices. You're just bringing the payment forward to you. You're getting your money faster. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that, that lots of the government's been forcing their own departments to actually finally start paying on time. Yeah, there's a fair bit going on at the moment, number of hearings, uh, et cetera, around it, and government's obviously conscious, particularly with COVID going on at this point in time, that uh, suppliers are getting paid in good time, if you like, uh, even though they're sort of looking at sort of 14 to 20 days type space as well. So it's not um, COD like our good old-fashioned days of uh, dropping stuff into the green grocer and being paid out of the till type stuff here. You really are talking lengths of time. So they're trying to bring stuff back to or, or trying to, if you like, shame the big uh, companies into paying within 30 days. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. Mm. Well, and especially with the event that we're going through at the moment, even 30 days can be a long time for any business. Yeah, look, any day over the day you've delivered your services is is a long time. So unfortunately, there is that gap. And uh, so therefore, obviously, we have a business. We, we saw a gap at the time. You know, banks are very good at promising to deliver to SMEs uh, or generally fairly short on delivery, if you like, with it. Uh, so there's an opportunity for us to get into that space and, and look after the suppliers in, in that area. So how did you start um, start off with Apricity Finance? I uh, started Apricity in 2013. As I said, I, I come from a funds management, uh, financial markets background. And so I guess we we look at it more on a funds management basis that effectively we're creating short-term uh, credit on you know the biggest companies here in Australia. So we, we saw an opportunity 
uh, in in the market uh, that the banks don't necessarily want to get involved with uh, to to provide this service. So we started it out on a coffee table and uh, using our own money at the time and a couple of uh, investors from our old funds management day. Uh, and it's kind of grown from there. We've gone from myself and uh, what I was loosely, he was loosely described as CFO at the time. Uh, he now is very firmly a CFO uh, on our coffee table. And we now have over 20 staff across Australia and New Zealand as well. Fantastic. So I, I guess there's a risk for you as well because um, QB was saying they weren't going to provide um, finance or insurance coverage for suppliers of Maya. So does that sort of circumstance impact you? Look, we we obviously have fairly cre- uh, tight credit processes uh, and we're always looking at industry-specific issues. Uh, obviously, retail is a, is a sector that has been influenced or, or affected for many years, I guess now, based on online shopping. Um, so it's, it's not an area that we've necessarily focused on over time. But you're right, uh, insurers, again, in many respects are fair weather friends. Um, you know, while things are rosy and we're all paying our premiums that are supposed to cover, you know, the, the, the nightmare event, uh, the minute the nightmare event occurs, suddenly uh, our premiums all go up and they're not necessarily paying. So there, there is uh, some of that around at the moment. A lot of, uh, say, the trade credit insurance market, a number of the companies are not being uh, insured at this point in time based on risk. Uh, and so, but I guess our model is quite different to that. As I said at the start, we we look at uh, suppliers to the biggest companies in Australia. So your BHPs, your Rios, your your Qantas, your your Woolworths, um, and government and so forth. So I, I guess if if you want a really simple risk model that we run, um, put simply, is that if these companies fall over, then none of us have really got jobs. So we don't necessarily insure that risk uh, based on the fact that uh, you know a BHP is generally going to be around. They they, they won't pay their bills on the day that you deliver services, but they will pay their bills. So th- there is risk out there. Um, and, you know, obviously the tourism space is one that uh, would, would have some hiccups at this point in time. Again, for us, we are only looking at the biggest companies in Australia uh, and New Zealand. So therefore, tourism tends to be smaller operators, which uh, we don't necessarily look at. Yeah, and that's true. So you, you'd be looking at someone like Qantas, yeah, and which again, which again is is hmm. is potentially you know risky at this point in time. But uh, you know, again, I guess if you think about risk, uh, I would imagine that the Australian government's not going to let the flying kangaroo go down. So I guess you you have to be sort of um, I guess broad minded as it relates to credit whilst being, you know, fairly focused on on that. But but Aquantis is a great example. I mean, you have people providing, you know, little pots of jam for the, the front, the pointy end of the plane um, through to, in fact, uh, I was just on a plane up to Brisbane last week and noticed um, a company called Zuno have uh, little sachets of hand wipe uh, stuff. There's a little company that um, started up a few years back with, with a product that, is effectively 24-hour protection on your hands. And uh, so there's a business right here, right now in the current environment that's pretty ordinary, which is doing really well. And there they are on the Qantas plane. So there's plenty of 
suppliers into that it's 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 really only only sort of shortened up by your own imagination as to what's being supplied to them yeah and that's interesting because risk is something that's been a common theme um the interviews i've been doing the last few months with every business is that there is risk out there and they're talking about business growth i'm thinking about growing this business for example in different ways um and I guess it depends on your appetite to risk. So would you say now's a good time to take on some risk, if especially if competitors are falling by the wayside? I think it comes down to the individual. I think that uh, being being a small business operator, you, you're naturally a risk taker. You've you've moved away from being employed to to taking a risk, and so therefore, uh, calculated risks at this point in time. You know, makes sense. Uh, obviously, bearing in mind uh, what that risk means if it was to go the wrong way. Um, there's a lot of small businesses out there that that we see and help, who you know might be tied up with the bank, so plenty of security over their house and other assets that they might own. And so, in in every one of those instances, you have a partner sitting at home who is worrying about the decision that the entrepreneur is making each day. You know, what's what's what risk is he or she taking? as it relates to our family assets, if you like. So I think it needs to be measured against, uh, you know, risk and return. Um, but I do think that, you know, there, there are real opportunities there right now. I think that, um, like you say, a lot of businesses are going to disappear over time. Uh, and uh, so there's, there's huge opportunity there. Mm, absolutely. So if you had some tips for business, maybe either starting or what have you, um, at the moment, or even in relation to using invoice financing, what sort of tips would you have for a business at the moment? Well, I think you want to make sure initially that you you kind of capitalised um, for at least twelve to eighteen months, so that you know if it's if it if it is as long a experience as we're all thinking here, that you know you you covered in that that instance. Um, I think then that you want to ensure you've got the right people around you. I, I, I firmly believe in good relationships with good advice. So your accountants, your lawyers, uh, those types, utilising your friends from school, um, your parents, advice that you can get from, you know, people who've been through different cycles and so forth that can help you. I think the big, that's the big one for me is is getting that advice. And weirdly, you know, talking with some people yesterday around uh, this whole COVID thing is ordinarily we as human beings seek out advice uh, on situations from our parents or from mentors or from other business partners we may have had over time. There's not a single person in the world that's been through uh, a pandemic before, from politicians to royalty to, you know, the average bloke in the street. So um, I do believe, though, on a business uh, business startup that there's plenty of uh, good advice, good solid advice out there. And don't try and take on the world too fast, you know, grow it slowly and and um, and, and look organically at the way you can make things work. Yeah, and I think organically is a great, the great lesson out of all of that. But also, yeah, ask for advice. I think we all, especially in business, we get a little bit too proud. I should know everything. I should be able to do everything. I don't want to ask for advice or support. Get it. Get it before you actually need it. Yeah, exactly. And And like you say, we, we, we all think we're experts at everything, but the reality is that uh, 
there's plenty around us who who want to help and, and that's the other side is that people want to help you know um we as a society uh, have have great human beings who really want to help you do stuff so don't be afraid to sing out yeah i was just thinking that as soon as you said it, i thought that's going to be the title of this one don't be afraid to ask for help so thank you for that all right great Lyndon. thanks very much for your time absolute pleasure